I wish you would do the dishes. <laughs> that was quite a start. <laughs> I wish you would take out the trash. Well, I did take it out yesterday. I actually was like a little bit steamy that you didn't take it out because it was so full and Wait, stinky. Steamy? Steaming. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. This is one of those you topics. You need to know that your responsibility shows me your okay. love. Your lack of responsibility shows me did your lack of love. all of our prep for this not, did not none of it take root in your That's why I didn't heart. bring it up until now because <laughs> till it's a good now. illustration. <laughs> okay. So if you haven't noticed, we're talking about shared responsibilities. And that shared. could be things like, you know, all the way from big things like income in the household. It's adulting, people. Adulting. It's adulting. Yes, there it is. So dealing <laughs> all with- All things adulting is shared Dealing with the maintenance of life- around household, around home, around parenting, and around coexisting as individuals in a common place. Mm. So believe it or not, we brought up, mentioned in in the past, we talked about how uh, we polled all of our listeners, all of our readers. We got thousands of respondents. We asked them, what is the biggest pain point in your marriage? (laughs) And the things that kind of floated to the top, the number one, communication, number two, shared responsibilities oh, and boy. arguments around chores and communication around well, chores. Well, because we all think that, like, you should do this, you should do that, he should do this, blah, 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 right? We all have these, like, views. Yeah. And then when we get married and they don't happen, it's really hard to, like, unwind that cord and reel that back in, you know? Yeah, which is why we're talking about it today. Okay. So it's going to be a good talk, and uh, we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Here we are on the other side of 28 days of straight rain, people. I'll tell you that. 28 days of straight rain? We're looking at sunshine, not a cloud in the sky. Oh, on the other side of that. Yes. It is Man. golden, beautiful. It is. These are the days that, oh, these are just breath Yeah, just in time air. for my allergies to kick in and my face to swell up like a potato. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what happened. Took our, we took, I took the two older daughters to, on an adventure over the, this last weekend, and we went for a swim. So my parents were at the beach, and uh, they didn't have room in their place, and so we got room in another inn. <laughs> but this inn had a pool. Well, let's just say it's a beach town, and so there's not a lot of priority around this town in general, let alone this hotel, let alone this pool. <laughs> anyway, I think I think something in the pool caused an allergic reaction. Yeah, your face was pretty swollen for like the last yeah. three days. Yeah, so either And we're that or supposed spring. to record videos for Focus on the Family. Yeah, I think we have to push it back a little bit because <laughs> you were like a big cherry face. <laughs> yep, love that. It's great. Hey, I love cherries, so mm. quiet. Just want to. Just want to. Never mind. <laughs> I couldn't. There's nothing I could say there that didn't sound overly, <laughs> overly innuendo. Talking about shared responsibilities today, but before we do that, let's definitely <clears throat> dive into giving thanks. Yeah. <laughs> to our listeners. So I'm going to go ahead and make this announcement. All right. If you're listening to this, you we consider you some of our closest uh, confidants in terms of all things fierce marriage. Mm. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I've all been right. holding this back for a year now, Uh-oh. but we are starting. Fierce parenting. 
<laughs> Mic drop. Fierce parenting. Okay, so we were married for about nine years before we started Fierce Marriage. And the whole attitude is that we're co-traveling. We don't have it figured out. But we're just gonna we're just gonna live kind of transparently and out in the open and just gonna show up every day, declare the gospel in these various spaces and try to apply it in very helpful, tangible ways around the various pain points in marriage and in parenting now. So our oldest is six years old. So we got to figure it out, people. So yeah, boom, but, no, but the whole... But, Joking. And I think... We don't have figured out at No, all. we don't. Yeah. And I think our youngest, we She's don't feel peace about having more kids. We also don't feel peace about having, like, closing that, that door completely. And yeah, so we're not sure, but we're, but we're kind of in a stage in life where we feel like it's a good time to start... Just sharing. Sharing and going through some of these things. And some of these things, yeah. So... Here's the big ask that we have to make of you, our listeners, is we are, we're wondering what is going to be the most useful way, so two things, what's the most useful way to communicate to you, whether that's a podcast, through a blog, uh, through just social media, um, and through whatever the various avenues are, mm -hmm. what's going to be most beneficial to you, but also what are the topics that are the most um, relevant to hot. your life? Yeah, so, uh, hot so I have two things to ask of you. The first one is go to fierceparenting.com. There's oh. there's a form there. The site is still being built. Uh, we're, we're going as we're making it as we go and as this develops, but I didn't want to do it in a vacuum. So there's a form there. And on the form, we ask you uh, basically two questions <clears throat> is what parenting topics matter most to you and what types of content are most important to your day to day life. And it's just a form. You just, you just select all that apply and then submit it. That will be so valuable to us. But it'll also give us um, it'll it'll also give us an idea of what to talk about, but how to talk about and it. And where to start, probably. Yeah, and where to start. Jimothy Halpert has put his name there. Yep, that's uh... Scranton <laughs> underscore sales three at Tender Mifflin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to go to fierceparenting.com to see what Selena's talking so about. Great. So please go there. And then the second big thing we have to ask of you is find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're on any of those platforms, please come follow us. Be a part of that conversation. We're starting at ground zero, literally ground zero. Oh. And we would love to just see how many, uh, how many parents we can rally around um, the gospel, really. And so the premise for Fierce Parenting is this. Kids are a blessing. Oh, children yeah. are a blessing. Family is God's idea. And parenting is discipleship. Those are the kind of the three core tenets behind fierce marriage. We feel like fierce parenting. Excuse me. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Behind fierce parenting is that any kind of issue that you struggle with as a parent, <clears throat> dealing with kids, dealing with life in general, they're all can, can be kind of distilled down to one rooted being rooted in one of those beliefs that are mistaken. Mm. So. If we don't think kids are actually a blessing, then we're going to think X, Y, or Z. If we don't think family is actually God's idea and not our own idea, then we might struggle with, mm. like, in terms of making it a priority and those types of things. Mm. Or if we don't see parenting as discipleship, we'll tend to lose patience with our kids or we'll expect more from them than perhaps we should or we'll just as little sinners needing, needing grace and needing sanctification. Can, yeah, or we just... Don't deal with them. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, That's a whole other podcast, obviously. Guys, That's yeah. a whole other, like, realm. So. Yeah. So I made that announcement. That was, We didn't Get actually talk about that. I nope. meant to make it last week, but I, I'm behind the eight ball and making that That's site cool. happen. Just go ahead. So here we go, you guys. So please find FierceParenting.com. Find Fierce Parenting at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> we hope to grow alongside you there. Okay. And then our normal housekeeping. Um, Stop make using a, that word. You didn't want to use that. Okay, word. I'm sorry. I'm it's just, it's chauvinist. It's chauvinist word. It's not. 
We're you're talking about one, housekeeping today. You're the one that said don't use it, so I was trying to help you, but that was not helpful. Mm. Anyways, thanks to all our listeners, raters, reviewers. Please, if you have not rated or reviewed, left a review, please do that. The short Boom. short uh, reviews are great. Short right to the right to the punch. <laughs> that was just nail that. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, um. <laughs> the second one. If you have a question, go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. Ask it there. There's a phone number there, 971-333-1120. If you want to be a supporter of Fierce Marriage, everything that uh, all the supporters on Patreon contribute to keeping this ad free and having transcriptions made. And mm-hmm. eventually we're going to be doing events. It'll help build the infrastructure for all that. So really you are on mission. Go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's links everywhere where links can be had also if you want to join the launch team man there's a lot today uh yeah go to see through book.com new new book coming out new book coming out and you can be part of the insider launch team hey insider access exclusive content <laughs> free giveaways oh my uh yeah we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a lot it of fun. It is going to be cool. We're really excited about this book. It's all book. about transparency. And I'm transparently speaking, I'm very excited about this book. <laughs> is that right? That's so good. Uh, <laughs> it's a little gratuitous. So that, that'll come out in May. And so if you want to be part of that launch team, please go to that URL, c3book.com. All right. So today we're talking about shared responsibility in marriage. Mm. Uh, we are, what, do you, what does that mean? What is shared responsibility, Ryan? Yeah. Okay. We mentioned the last episode, I think, that we did a poll a while back with mm-hmm. all our readers and our listeners, and they came back with some of the biggest issues that they deal with. Because the question was, what are the what are the biggest Attention. reasons for yeah? What are the reason pain biggest pain points yeah, in your yeah. marriage? And they came back and said communication is number one. And the second one was arguments around shared responsibilities mm. or chores or just ongoing upkeep of life. <laughs> Adulting together. Adulting, yes. So, what <laughs> how do we does... adult together, <laughs> according yeah. to scripture? Yeah. How do we? So, yeah, yeah. yeah talking about so today, what we're going to talk about are we're going to kind of share a little bit of our story before we got married and all of that. Um, we're going to share our expectations what, coming into the marriage. Yes, we're going to share yeah. with the what God, where God has brought us to today, um, bringing scripture into this and ex- examining, you know, Jesus, obviously, John thirteen, John thirteen. Um, and then talking about how we are, how our hearts tend to respond like contractually with each other in this versus covenantally. We're going to blow yeah. that out. And then um, how can we get an agreement around some of these shared responsibilities? Yeah. Of, uh, get very tangible of like who does what and why kind of thing. Yeah. So. Love it. But th- go ahead. So do we start with scripture then? So. Uh, <laughs> Duh. Right? Duh. We, we got to start always there. start with scripture. And the reason being is that it's really easy to kind of form opinions around this. But yeah. I think let's anchor ourselves in one specific idea of scripture. It's like the authority of scripture, right? Yeah. And namely servant, servanthood <laughs> as displayed in the person of Christ and yes. the person and work of Christ. Mm-hmm. Then we can start talking about how this might apply in the various ways. Okay. Yes, so Selena, why don't you read? You got, it's a long, well, longer passage. We have 17 verses. But they're so good. Okay. But they're so good. Okay. So, listener, if you're working out or Here's in your, your car, for today. or if you're John watering 13, your azaleas. John 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. 
Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet, Jesus answered him. If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but it is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. Verse 12, When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so am I. For so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Wow. I think this yeah. is interesting, too, because we're talking about... okay. I want to be careful. Like, it's just kind of a, a very, like, basic illustration of cleaning, right? It's, it's well, it's a literal and physical, but also, like, metaphorical and spiritual meaning of, like, washing and cleaning. But I, well, it's just so powerful Well, the point so is that it's a very lowly task, right? It's a servant task that right. he's taking on, not because he's being subjugated by them, but instead he is, he is choosing to mm-hmm. be, to serve, out of love because right. he's wanting to model to them mm-hmm. this is how you love one another mm. is you serve one another so yeah it's a very literal cleaning right and it doesn't i mean it's not not just not not that you're doing this but it's not to say like oh then we should be cleaning a lot more in our lives <laughs> right the point is we should be serving mm. and a lot of times service looks like these types of acts mm-hmm. but it looks like a lot of different types of acts too right right but yeah so that's i mean well and we all that we see jesus you know he came not to serve but I mean, sorry, he came not to be served, but to serve, mm. right? And so I think that's yeah the one the one person who is king, right? And could say and has every th- authority, all all of heaven and earth have, have been given to him, like an authority, and he is the one who could be like, you should be washing my yeah. feet, and he could be completely right about that. That's uh, that's verse fourteen. He says, "If I then, your Lord and teacher, those are both capitalized, okay." So they're, they're proper descriptors, have washed your feet. If I've washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you as an example mm. that you also should do as I have done to you. Truly, right. truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his and master. Matthew twenty twenty is even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Mark, mm. I think we found this in every gospel except for Luke. So three and Mark ten forty five for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah. So, I mean, this has huge implications because, I mean, we could talk about the foundational marriage passages, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ephesians five. Um, uh, a husband shall love his wife as Christ loved the, Christ church. Loved the church and gave himself up for her. Right. Um, that's that's massive, right? A lot of times people read that verse, and we can even tend to read that verse and, and kind of gloss over that part and then just get stuck on the part where it's like, wives, submit to your husbands. Right. But if you overlay these two scriptures, right? Like you have John 13, you have, um, Mar- what did we just read? Matthew and Mark, where Jesus came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve. Mm. And then you have you have Ephesians or Galatians, Galatians 5, Ephesians 5, where it's Christ loved the church. So in, in loving, he is 
in serving, he is loving, mm. right? Well, it's funny you mentioned Galatians 5, because I think that's talking about um, basically being many parts of one body and the yeah. fruits of the Spirit and how we all have our different kind of roles to play. And right. it's all kind of in mutual uh, selflessness and serving mm-hmm. the greater, mm-hmm. uh, and the greater being in this case, our marriage, our spouse, the union God's given us. Yes. And so, okay, that's our foundational scripture looking at this because it does paint obviously a very good picture of servanthood. This passage is not really about marriage. It's about service. Right. And so when we talk about, <laughs> mut- so we, I- it's about Jesus and marriage, which Jesus well, again is. <laughs> it's about Jesus and service. Right. And therefore Sorry. it's, it, it's, we're applying it to this That's specific context of marriage. And so how are we then going to serve each other within our marriage? Right. So this is, we right. are, we are wanting to build, okay, you're listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast because you care about your marriage. You're hoping to find some help, but probably more than that, you want to obey God and you want to honor him with your marriage. Mm-hmm. And so this is maybe one avenue that you go about doing that. So here we're going to talk about what it means to be a Christ-like servant right. in the context of marriage. Right. And rewind like a few years ago. Well, a few yeah. years, like 15 years ago, we're going on like 17 yeah, years. Yeah, so how marriage. have we been? So like before yeah. before we got married, we had kind of some of these ideals of how like our, our normal day-to-day married life would look. I think the biggest things we were excited about were sleeping in the same bed together and like going home from church together because those were two things that we didn't do while we were dating or engaged. Right. So there was, there was kind of this big, exciting part of marriage, right? That you, the, the honeymoon phase, they say, and then kind of the day-to-day life gets, starts happening. So once the first couple years of our marriage were, you know, by all standards, I guess by all worldly standards, they seemed like great and successful. We had a house, we had good jobs. We had <laughs> I don't know that we would have said, paid our said, bills, but we didn't have a lot of time at home. We weren't like connecting. We weren't growing in the things of God. I felt like you, okay. Am I jumping? You jumped because we were I jump a lot. <laughs> We didn't have a house until Just like our third up. year of marriage. Okay. And that was hard fought. And yes. We rented and I was a janitor. I, so let's let's do this. Okay. I want to kind of contrast. Okay. We're just going to use ourselves as a little isolated little case study. Yeah. Let's contrast our expectations headed into marriage at, from engaged into the first year or two of marriage. Mm-hmm. How and what our expectations and how that affected our view of God, our view of each other. And then let's look at maybe our our view now, which of course is not perfect, but I think we've grown in these ways. So with that said, I just want to ask Selena, young Selena, 21-year-old Selena, <laughs> drop dead beautiful and the love of my life. You're headed into marriage. I, only 21-year-old Selena, is that? <laughs> no, you are. You're, you got be- more beautiful every day. So... <laughs> Husband points. <laughs> got to say that, guys. You got to say it. saving his bacon right there. But you know what? what it's is. true. It's true because I look at you and You're I just sweet. see I see my bride, but I also see the mother of my children. You're sweet. And a thousand other things. Or so, like wine, man. We just get better with time. So, or twenty-one-year-old. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we're what, done. What did you? What were you expecting? I was expecting as a young wife. you to provide all my needs. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, I feel like you're well, saying I that jokingly. Well, I think I just looked. No, but I, I knew that you would like provide for me. But I felt like it was a team effort. Like we'd both have jobs in terms of income. We would pro- you provide like emotionally for me, spiritually for me. Like we would just we would be best friends and live together and have sex and do all that, and that would be great. Like that's what marriage is, right? Like you just get to live with your best friend and you go grocery shopping together. It's so much fun all the time. 
It's just having a date uh-huh. all the time. All it's the time. Date. Yeah. And okay. it never gets old, right? That's my idealistic 21-year-old Did you have expectations? stepping into marriage. Did you have expectations around who would be doing laundry and who would be doing dishes we and cooking dinner? We would be doing everything together. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I'm laughing because I know that's probably what you were thinking. <laughs> Well, let's just be honest. We tried to do this one time already, record this, and it was like 10 to 20 minutes of this. And we were like, this is too much. I think I just encapsulated that whole 20 minutes in that one sentence. He <laughs> wanted us to do, do everything, everything together. everything together. I'm a very yeah. quality time person. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and because we had been dating and we did everything we could do together, it, it, it just kind of it followed. Float, yeah. Just float into it. And then we when we course. didn't do everything together. <laughs> When I was finding myself doing the womanly duties at home, I got a little frustrated because I was looking at it through that lens. and I The womanly duties. Like laundry, it feels okay, like. That's, that's offensive. You're, that was offensive. I'm kidding. Okay, the womanly quote-unquote fingers here. Okay. Duties. Plus, the, I was, in, plus I was yeah. in college and you have these professors yeah. that are like, you know, this is not her role. She shouldn't have to do it. It's lesser, you know, just okay. totally attacking all the things is, of God. Okay, go ahead. Rich. Your this turn. What was 20-year-old Selena? I mean, Ryan, what, uh, was, what, was your, what were your expectations? So I didn't expect that you would – I just want to say this. I honestly didn't expect that you would just be doing all the womanly things. <laughs> I know. Okay. I, I didn't expect to either, but then when they started to happen – then right. I, then I was like, wait, wait, wait. These are the things my professors were telling me shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's word. <laughs> I was expecting. I, I think I was expect. I was embracing. I should say. I was embracing for the full responsibility of making sure that you were provided for. Mm-hmm. Because I, I fully, still to this day, I mean. God just wired in, I think he wires it into us as men that like we are meant to protect and provide. That's, that's just how we're wired. You know, that I will gladly bring home the bacon, so to speak. And I don't honestly even want to spend it. I don't even, I don't even care. Like you can have, like you can do what you will. Spend all the bacon. (laughs) Spend the bacon. Take it straight to the store. (laughs) Just pull it out of your wallet. (laughs) No, but like I, I'm not motivated by anything other than that i should say like mm-hmm. i just want to provide for you and our daughters now so that's that's kind of i think hardwired into a lot of men not right. equally but um and that's a not lot to say, that feeds into yeah, that yeah, yeah, it yeah. could be so, cultural could be personality I'm not saying that that's in any be... way like the perfect right there's right. ways about there's, there's ways, ways that, that, I distort we provide, that yeah and there's ways pro- you you provide and, and other right. husbands provide in different ways i think so i think as a young husband or young fiance i was thinking okay i'm having to provide for my wife how can I do this? At the time, two years prior to our wedding, I was two working. Months. Sorry, two months prior to our wedding, <laughs> I was a janitor. Um, no, no, I hadn't gotten the janitor job yet. That I hadn't was gotten the, the big, big time job. job. <laughs> <laughs> I was a. I did groundskeeper. I was groundskeeper Willie <laughs> at the church. <laughs> groundskeeper Willie. What's uh, that from? That's from The Simpsons. Oh. Uh, Are you really quoting that? This he's timeless. Oh, okay. Groundskeeper Willie is timeless. Okay. Um, and hilarious. And you were a dish boy. And I was a. Dish- <laughs> Dish boy, catch me that jug. <laughs> You're washing dishes <laughs> yeah. at like the, a pub because you didn't really have a job. I think I was working at Starbucks yeah. part time. So we were like, yep, somehow we're going to afford a really nice place to live. I was making like 10 bucks an hour. And this was like 10 years ago, people. <laughs> this was 15, 17 years ago. A long time ago. That was yeah. pittance. But even then, that was not a lot. And so I quickly realized that the dishwashing thing was not sustainable. The landscaping thing was not sustainable. By God's grace, and I mean that, I got a job as a janitor at a apartment building that was across the freeway from 
where we were going to school, college, because we had transferred to the same um, state school. Yeah. And so, yeah, this was like an amazing, it was like a coup, right? I got Mm -hmm. it like two months before and they were going to let us go on our honeymoon and they were going to pay our rent pre-tax. Yeah. And it was like a benefit thing. And so, yeah, I was, I was mostly consumed with that side of it because when you're that young, you don't have any of that figured out. Right. Now, as far as bringing into the marriage expectations around managing life, I had kind of just assumed that we would figure it out, I think. Yeah, I think we both did because we were so externally focused on like our careers, our... Well, it's going to school with going these aspirations yeah. of a career. Yes, yeah. it was kind of at the, a, a certain season of our life um, where we were kind of, yeah, that whole coming of age, what we were going to do. Yeah. And we didn't... I think the questions hadn't really been asked about like yeah. our relationship. We just assumed that we'd nail it because we nailed it when we were dating. We were great engaged you know finally we're married so we're just gonna keep rocking it here right like we're just gonna keep checking off the boxes doing the right thing and making money so it wasn't until after i think probably after our first five years of marriage that we really god really kind of broke us in a lot of ways after us going overseas and you getting sick which is all in our book you should check it out um it wasn't until we realized that we were not operating uh, in a spirit of generosity, we were not serving one another well. Mm, we were no. being very self-serving. We were acting. I think there's just two ways you can kind of look at this. Look at this um, shared responsibility, and this is kind of where it comes from our story of we were dealing with each other very contractually. We didn't really understand right. the idea of of marital covenant and what that meant. Uh, this is early again. This is early Ryan and Selena. So just as a clear example of that. Say, yeah, you're absolutely right contractually. But as a clear example, I would be – so I was doing web development. Mm-hmm. We had moved out of state and we were living hand-to-mouth and I was grinding mm-hmm. to, to basically build a company of web – you know, and client base to, to provide for our family. And you were doing photography and so and you were earning. But it, a lot of times we were – it was disproportionate in the, in the sense that you were earning, but I was earning, say, 80% of the income. And you right. did Starbucks as well. Well, and it was very hand-to-mouth. It was very like, – Oh, yeah, we were paycheck to paycheck. Your rent's due tomorrow. I hope that invoice gets paid so that I can pay rent. That I mean, seriously, that sort <laughs> of thing. I hope that check doesn't bounce. Right. And so I was working probably 18 hours some days, mostly most days more right. like 12 hours. And so – I'd be in the office just grinding because mm-hmm. we I, it was in an apartment and we had two bedrooms. One was the office, one was <laughs> the bedroom. Yeah. And I would come out and I'd be like, "Well, what? What have you been doing all day? <laughs> like I've been working. What? I'll, and yeah. why is why is? And you were you had other things. You were serving at Young Life. You were self, helping with a um, a local barn. And so that's yeah. I'm just saying very tangibly. Yeah. And so like the dishes would be done or the the dogs it wouldn't be done. Sorry, the dishes wouldn't be done or just the house would be in disarray or whatever that It's amazing how those things kind of just light a fire (laughs) of just, okay, time to fight, like dukes up. Right. So you get on the defense because you feel like, oh, he's just doing that because he's being kind of just alpha male and being chauvinistic and not loving me. And I'm thinking, man, I've I've worked. This is me being innocent. I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm thinking, hey, I worked all day long. You know, you should be contributing to this household as well Mm -hmm. and you're thinking well i did contribute i did this work even though it may not have had as much income but i worked you know Mm -hmm. almost as many hours Mm -hmm. or you didn't see all this other stuff that i did right or and we i mean we tended to do that 
a lot, I think, in our marriage. Mm -hmm. We still have those like tendencies. But again, coming back to this whole, these two ideas of contract contractual versus covenantal. So right. these there's these two ideas of, of how we can share responsibility within our marriage. And we tended to deal with each other contractually yeah. uh, at the beginning of our marriage. Um, and then into, I would say just, you know, in the recent years, God's really shown us this whole mm. idea of what covenant means through his His nature and who yeah. he is. We do, we talk a lot about covenant through the podcast, so you can check out other episodes. But Covenantal, this covenantal response can really only come from um, our identity in Christ and mm. knowing who God is, knowing his covenantal nature, understanding him, yeah. and then understanding who we are. Well, I mean, that, and that goes back to the verse we read in John 13. It says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, if, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash, wash the feet of one another's... <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. You also ought to wash one another's feet. Mm-hmm. So when you say our identity in Christ, okay, so we're called to bear to be image bearers. We're image bearers of God. We're also called to be conformed into the image of Christ, yeah. sanctified through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the attitude that Jesus has in that scene? Hmm. Is it tit for tat? Is it <laughs> contractual? Is it, hey, you guys wash my feet and I'll wash yours. Hey, here's my cloak. I'm taking it off. Or, Which, hey, way, you just called that, me like teacher and Lord. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> yeah. If you find your teacher and Lord, wash these feet. You know, right, like, right. No, he said, like, yeah, you, you regard me in this way, but let me show you I'm gonna model, how yeah. to regard one another. Right. To be servants right. of each other. To be selfless. To value to, one another. To, yeah, to value. I mean, come on. You've probably seen this. this, this uh, if you've been in church for any period of time or you've watched YouTube at all on this topic, <laughs> it'll be like, somebody will explain to you what it meant to wash another's feet. All mm-hmm. right. You had sandals, but like your feet were caked with dirt and it wasn't like you had, you know, sudsy soap and all this other stuff to use and scrub brushes. Like it was, you take your cloak and you would like, you would wipe, get the dirt off their feet and you would wipe them dry with your cloak. And inevitably your cloak would get dirty itself. Mm-hmm. And it's not just any dirt. It's not just this it's benign like dirt, dirt from it's, the streets where there was no like sewers or toilet, yeah. like, sanitary ex- areas right extraordinarily dirty right and so he our king right the mm. god himself god in the flesh has submitted himself lowering to serving himself again lowering himself in this. Like. not only took he took on flesh but he is now serving us the people who have betrayed him yeah uh, who you know go all the way back to israelites who, who they they hoard it says yeah. against god they hoard themselves out um as the bride of, as God's bride and, and they were unfaithful bride. And so here he is serving. So, okay. When, yeah. When we talk about servanthood and responding yeah. from our covenant, we're responding again from a place that is understanding mm. the gospel, that, that is see, seeing the model of Jesus and seeing who he is and knowing that God sees us mm. through Christ like it just breaks me, right? Because we are not Christ. We are nothing close mm. to Christ. But because of Christ, we are made new and we are covered by the blood of Christ. Therefore, God, when he sees us, he sees Jesus. Mm. And to be in that place, that it is humbles you. Place. That's yeah. our starting place. That's where we can come and say, okay, you know what? I, Ryan, I can, I can serve you in this area. I, can, I know that me doing this is a, a means of, of loving you as Christ loves, loves me. I can only love you because Christ first loved me, right? To extend this grace is 
extending a That's, smidgen of grace that God has just poured out oceans upon oceans of for, mm, for me, right? So that gets rid of all sense of self-righteousness, of um, indignation, right. or uh, like feeling just right. in being angry. Right. angry. There's some pride there, right? That pride, yeah. And so, you know, they've said, there's studies that say like being self-righteous like anger, it, it fires and triggers the same pleasure centers of the brain as like mm-hmm. uh, a, an addictive drug. So there's this dopamine hit that happens when, or some pleasure that happens when you feel self-righteous uh, anger. Not self-righteous, but righteous anger. Right. So like you said you were going to do this and you didn't. And so it almost feels good to be mad. Yeah. is what I'm saying. And so, but if we have as our starting point, like you said, Selena, this Jesus place of somebody is, yeah. who's a recipient of God's grace, the the, the mm-hmm. person who's sitting in the chair while Jesus is washing my feet, mm-hmm. how, what like, can my, what how else can could I hold? my response be, but yeah, to but love to and serve, love and serve and how that service looks. It doesn't mean that you just enable laziness. Okay. Right, right. It doesn't mean, it means that instead of go, go flying off the handle and feeling righteous anger, right. you maybe say, uh, you, you communicate in a way that's more productive. Again, it doesn't mean that that person is, you're just going to, you still have to work to an agreement on this stuff. Right. We definitely and, have to gain agreement and we can't just like divide. But it's not going to divide and create this schism in your household. Right. And it's, yeah. again, it's not like, okay, well, you said you're going to do this. So why didn't you do it? It's more of, okay, this is where things are falling. Please know that even though it's falling here and maybe it seems like y- you might have more responsibility in this area, like there, I'm doing things that you're not always seeing and you're doing things that I'm not always seeing. Yeah. So truly, like if you do want to try to divide and, and find out like equal stuff, I'm saying this because this is this has been my whole argument for our whole marriage. I'm like, why well, don't I do all these things and you don't see and you're like, do you want to go upstairs and work on the website? Do you want to go um, make sure all the bills are paid and all of this is happening too and this and I'm like, suddenly changing diapers doesn't seem so bad, right? Like there's, there's right. always, this is where I think the grace comes in is just mm. to remember if you guys have walked, we've walked through this. You've, you're gaining some agreement on some things. When it starts to creep in that you're starting to question whether or not he or she, your spouse is like fulfilling their duties. Remember that, that mm. you, <laughs> they are probably doing more than you think, right? Extend that grace. They're and probably, if, yeah. do, and if it doesn't feel like they are, then ask them with humility, like approach those yeah, conversations. That's, that's what we're getting to is, yeah. and I want to be too prescriptive because there are instances where maybe there's an unequal balance here and there right. are spouses who abuse yes, this. That's what I was trying to servant. say is we have to, you have to first gain agreement, I think on these shared responsibilities. Yeah. So it starts generosity. with an agreement around who we are in Christ mm-hmm. and what that means for how we, we, we act in love toward one another mm-hmm. and we serve one another from this place of security and um, humbleness right. and grace because of Jesus. Right. So I don't know one, one clear example. So this could be applied to anything. I mean, you're, you have to apply it to your own family. You have to apply it to your own marriage. We had one where, Selena, for a long time, you were in charge of, like, balancing the checkbook and making sure all the bills were paid. Remember that? <laughs> yes, and I think I have a little bit of number dyslexia or something because it never worked out quite right every it month. It never did. never did. It never did, and it's I not just, because you're dumb. Like, you're smart. But I felt like I was dumb because well, I was and like, if, as a husband, if I wasn't careful, I would be. I would make you feel that way because I was frustrated. You did make me feel that way sometimes. And so, you may not have meant to, but I did because I was like, I worked so hard to try to get this right, and it's still not right. And now you're <laughs> yeah. mad at me that's not right, and I'm trying like. <laughs> so instead of fighting, fighting, fighting through that, <laughs> and we did have lots of fights over it. I, I think one day I was just like, you know what, so I'm just going to start doing that, and it's not because you can, like I f- you can probably figure it out. You did figure it out majority of the time, 
But I just said, this is causing a lot of issues. So let me just take that part of our household and I'll yes, just do Mr. it. Yes, Mr. AP Calculus, please take <laughs> the responsibility of finances. I, well, They're not the same, by the way. I think this, I think this is kind of an interesting... Out of accounting, so... Well... <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. not a good idea. Well, this is an interesting point, the, though, right? Uh, because the derivative of this stop. income statement your number, is... You're better with numbers, I feel like, yeah. and you understand that side naturally. You have a natural bent towards those things. I have to work, I think, twice or three times as hard to understand where how you understand those things. Right. Versus, like, give me something tangible to do, and I will do it without complaining. I will work hard, and it will be done. And would you argue that? Like... Not in this least, and I think you hit like on a really important Like I'm a workhorse note. versus in some areas. And Selena, then there's, you're, you're the hardest worker some, I know. Okay, but I'm not trying to say that. Sorry. No, Thank but, you. But what I'm let me finish this real fast because okay. I know you got a lot of stuff going on in your mind. I think you hit it on a, hit the nail on the head in that we are a team. We have we we divide <laughs> we divide labor in the sense that I'm not as a contract like you have to do this and I'm going to do this. If you don't do that, then mm-hmm. you're in trouble. It's let's do what we're most inclined to be successful at. Mm-hmm. For the, the mutual enjoyment of our family right. to serve each other, not because I'm just doing my tasks. Or you're better at making money, right? There's this thing about income and careers, right? Oh, like, yes. Like if yep. he's if he's the, the bacon bacon getter, <laughs> right? The hunter-gatherer. Yeah, if you're if, – if, if one of you is yeah. – and it's mostly the him, right? If, if the husband is the provider, the worker, then that's how it should be, right? But th- – the the Bible's not really clear about that. Wait, what do income, you mean? That's how it should like be. our what income doesn't equal spiritual like household roles. So like if the husband is a stay at home yeah. dad and the mother has okay. a well paying okay. job, yeah. sorry that may not have been very clear. No, there. I see. let me you let look me like say you this. Were sweating. I'm like, oh my god, what is she saying? <laughs> Good thing you can delete it. No, <laughs> just kidding. We'll leave it in. But I, <laughs> we'll just let people just sweat with us for a second. I think what you're I'm saying sorry. is that we tend to conflate. The, the or the ability to earn income with the importance of one's role in the household. Right, we're trying to overlay the these, case. these spiritual like income. If we in kingdom terms, income is probably like bottom of the list in terms of importance. Well, it's made for streets, right? <laughs> of gold and gold are yeah. So, but in terms of like we read from C.S. Lewis, that quote is it's all about being um, the homemaker. The homemaker being the most valuable, like especially in a kingdom economy, when you're discipling young lives, right. we're tr- we're told to train our children up in the way they should go. Income is just a means to that end. It's a right. means to glorifying God. Right. And, and that, too often we equate, we make the wrong equation here. Like he yeah. works, so he should be the spiritual head. I work as a wife, so I should be, you know, leading this. If I'm making the money, I should be making the decisions kind of thing, right? There's just kind of a skew of leadership. That's, that's there's a, a potential, skew of, yeah. There's, yeah. And so I guess what we're trying to say is, yes, the kingdom mentality, God's economy is not that. It is like almost opposite of that, right? So just to poke it a little bit. Go ahead at that a little bit more i think okay so in the 50s right i love reading old ads because they're like so offensive (laughs) (laughs) they offend our modern sensibilities in radical ways um in some ways that are you know they're they're all pretty insidious because they're all rooted in some level of sinfulness but god (laughs) but this uh the old ads are like you know, have your husband, you know, happy husband is a happy household. And like, it's got like the housewife with like the soap that she's using because she it cleans better. Right. Or, you know, it's like, have your husband's slippers ready when he gets home and let him smoke a cigarette so he can have healthy lungs and all this stuff. And, but, but we, that's a caricature for sure. But that attitude is not, 
it's not a biblical one. The attitude that like, hey, if I'm a breadwinner, then you're now a homemaker. Right. And somehow uh, those are mutually exclusive. Or, yeah, we tend to each other. But like we're both like we both do fierce marriage together. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm doing a lot more of the daily tasks of managing fierce marriage. But Selena writes as much as I do. You talk as much as I do. Well, um, if you want to go to the Bible about it, just go to Genesis 1. In, in the beginning, God created all these things, and then male and female in his image, he created them, right? Right. right. It's not – we're both made in God's image. We're right. both of equal value, worth, and importance. Right. And in terms of the household, there might be different roles. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine, but it doesn't have anything to do with how valuable you are, how worthwhile you are, and how important you are. We tend to say that we, we, we attribute importance based on role. Right. And God never did that. He attributed importance based on your identity as right. one made in his image. And again... And that's fixed and unchanging. Absolutely. And again, this this also, you know, this talk, just to get a little more... There's... We don't want to um, ignore the aspect of unity here. Like, it's not your piece of the pie and my piece of the pie. This is our pie together. It's not divided anymore, right? And I get all the gooey center. Yep. And I get the crust. That's why we're brought together. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Uh, so you're right. And so the... So the thing... Go ahead. Well, I, I just want to make one note because this is why we have identity crisis. Yeah. Right? Because if you have... If your role ever changes and your identity is attached to your role, then you're doomed for an identity crisis. So if you're the breadwinner and your whole identity is attached to your role as uh, as based on your income, based mm-hmm. on your job, based on your position, based on your performance... If ever that is threatened or it goes away, yeah. what is also threatened and what also goes away? Right. Your identity. Right. And what happens when your identity goes away? Then you're lost and mm-hmm. you, you start – it creates all manner of issue in your marriage, in, in your household. So getting to some of the tangible things of like how do we gain agreement around cooking, cleaning, taking kids to school, projects around the house? How do we gain agreement? Well, if we're if – we're, if our foundation – is in God, mm. right? Our foundation is covenantal. We're looking at the person and work of Jesus, the life that he lived, the level of serving that he gave and showed and modeled for us. We need to look at each other with those same eyes, through that same lens, right? Hmm. Are That's we good. are we going to do that perfectly every day? No. But we are going to try every day. By God's grace, we have the opportunity every day to love each other well. Now we have this is there's there's an adjustment period there's time t- it takes time to change mm. old habits right and we have to again recalibrate our view of love if love is patient and kind and not envious it's just not boasting or arrogant yeah. or rude or insists on its own way right we're looking mm. to god's word we're looking to the person of jesus okay so i have these things like in my my fanny pack of life <laughs> <laughs> and your utility belt. Yep, my utility belt. <laughs> and I'm saying, okay, who's going to do the cooking? Who's going to do the shopping? Who's going to do some of these things? Well, I think I'm in this season of our life, I'm better suited to be doing this right now. You are very good at what you do for Fierce Marriage. I can't build a website. I can't do social media very well. I can't do these things. You are learning. You're gifted in those. Yes, you step into that. I am going to step into this role where I feel called. And I feel like God affirms that calling. It feels uncomfortable sometimes at the beginning. Yeah. Begin because again, we're dealing with an identity crisis oftentimes. We're dealing with yeah. some changes in life. I feel like that's usually where these arguments happen around okay, who's going to maintain the house? Who's going to have the career? Who's going to yeah. um, initiate like sex <laughs> and all those things? So here things. Uh, I just want to share a tangible yeah. transparent example from our own recent history 
we when Louisa, oh dear this isn't in the notes i'm a little we, nervous when louisa was born oh yeah you basically said to me like it would be really helpful if you were just in charge of dinner every night mm-hmm. do you remember that and breakfast <laughs> <laughs> sorry it just no, sounds like if you could just cook all the time it'd be great <laughs> But you, but in, earnestly, and you asked. Yeah, the first you, you few said, weeks, like, if, and friends helped too. Yeah, and yes. so we had the meal train thing going, and we had, but like I just, for whatever reason, that was the thing, that was the role that mm-hmm. I was going to fill, because the sleep. Well, and you liked it, and you were good at it. Well, and so Still I started are. whipping up breakfast every morning, and I now Still we pretty much split it down the middle, yeah. where some mornings you you know whoever's feeling. I think so. What you're saying inspired. is there's there's seasons of where we have to serve each other. Yes, more. and. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. There were times when I'm like, man, I kind of feel a little bit like Sally Homemaker over here. But and then, okay, I'm telling, I'm just being honest. I feel like maybe this isn't a good use of my time. Then I thought, what better use of your time is there than than putting food in your kids' mouths and like serving your wife and, and being home with Who's your family? Who's been up all night nursing a baby and like yeah, trying to heal from having a child? And we're we're it's big okay. fans of uh, and you'll, on the fierce parenting stuff. When we get started on that, we'll talk a lot more about this kind of attitude that we've this this posture that we've taken of like um, when the baby sleeps, you sleep, mm-hmm. and so like that means that maybe I need to watch the kids in really weird times because you know and so anyway. That attitude and having that generosity was so liberating for me as a husband to say, I'm going to serve you, even if that means that I'm going to do things that maybe I'm not already inclined to do or good at right. doing, and or, I can serve you in this way. And if, you know, you can't be home or available in the ways that, you know, maybe Ryan is able to, then and you're because saying, I'm working we... upstairs and right, I'm right, right. downstairs, yeah. But if you, then you're saying, okay, let's, let's make sure we have a plan. Like, let's have, let's see how we can help others and how others can help us, how, how we can engage in our community and say, hey, we mm. need help in these areas. And nine times out of 10, no, I'd say like 12 billion times out of 10, people are going to want to help. They want that opportunity to be able to yeah. serve and love you, especially the people of, of Christ, right? The people in our yeah. church, the body of Christ. So I want to, and you have this in the notes, so I want to make sure we get to this, but you might be asking yourself, how do we actually gain agreement around these things? This is something that you feel you're fighting about a lot. You're arguing about a lot. They're who heated do, arguments. Who should do what? Yeah. Who, how do we divvy up this thing called life and how do we find agreement and a good rhythm and flow that's not just going to get broken the first time a wrench gets thrown in the gears? <laughs> so there's, Selene, you wrote this down. It's really good. And I think this will also couple as the couple's challenge. Double as the couple's challenge, I mean. Oh. So you list out your daily, weekly responsibilities. So mm-hmm. things like cooking, shopping, bills, kid routines for school, bath time, diapers, bedtime, uh, playing, sports, you know, extracurricular activities, church, projects around the house, uh, work, <laughs> work hours, uh, whatever those priorities are, whatever those, whatever you're spending your week on, thinking of task-wise, also maybe put in there um, ideal personal time. So like quiet times and like reading time or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love giving Selena like two hours to go read if I can do that. Um, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is list all this stuff out, all your responsibilities. And then, now this is, Selena, I love this. You put it in here. Instead of just divvying out the chores and saying, I'll do this, you do that. Instead, ask, how can I serve you in this area? Mm-hmm. So if if maybe the the wife traditionally is the one handling the laundry, okay? Yeah. Husband, don't just say, all right, you got the laundry. Right. Husband, ask your wife, how can I serve you in this area? Right. And that is just like, that's just honey to our soul, right? Those words of just how can I serve you? But you may be sitting here, listener, saying, I feel like I'm being crushed already. How can I even ask that question to my spouse? How can I even say, how can I serve you? Well, not even just because you won't listen, because you feel 
there's no margin. And so that yeah. that's going to beg the question that you all take another big, humongous step back probably <clears throat> and look at your life and look at all the big stones and things that I are... I have an ex- existential crisis. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, get a family vision and plan. That's what I was going for is, yeah, is yeah. look, look at good. the big stones. What's taking up? What is eating up all the time and energy? What is getting the best of you? Is it the things or people that God wants you to be investing in? Or is it not? Because if we're already feeling crushed by the weight of certain things, maybe we need to analyze those certain things and put them through the filter of Jesus and say, are these the things that you want me to be paying attention to right now? Or are these things that are on the peripheral? What are the priorities here? Again, it begs the question of priorities. And again, you can't, we can't just, okay, take on everything. And how can I serve and do all the things? No, if you have no margin to give, not saying that Mm. There should be some sacrifice in service, right? There should be an element yeah. of sacrifice. That's what makes it, I feel like, service. It's a deeper part and aspect yeah. of it. But I think the big underlying theme here is that we are called um, children of God, yet that same God who's called us his own children has come down and washed our feet and served us. Mm. And not just that, he died. <laughs> he died mm. for us. Um so and and then he a said, "Now you, now you death. serve each other." And mm. so the attitude, the posture here is a completely counterintuitive one, countercultural, countercultural, counterworld. <laughs> in that we are to be generous servants of each other, mm-hmm. not people trying to extract as much value out of our spouse as we possibly can. That's mm. what trading is. That's what That's contracts country. are. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to extract value from you. Right. You do this, and I'll do that. If I can extract that value, we're good. And so the attitude is not that. The attitude is one that says. Jesus, you have given so generously and you've mm. served me. Mm-hmm. How can I serve you, Jesus, by serving my family, mm. by asking my wife, my husband, how I can serve him or her? So good. If you so have a hard good. time finding agreement around this, uh, it's not easy, okay? You yeah. get, obviously, it takes two to make that happen. Yeah. And so if you feel helpless... Um, bring in some outside help. Bring in some get outside help. Get community, get some pastors, get a counselor. Yeah. There's a lot of past episodes we've talked about um, kind of breaching co- hard conversations mm-hmm. and, and how to set up the timing and the tone for all that so that you can perhaps have your words fall on more uh, a more open, receptive hearts. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, is you can't make your spouse do anything. Uh, only God can do that. So if you need help, get it. Pray, get help, continue um seeking God's face on these mm-hmm. things and then just trust. But, but more than anything, find your security, find your hope, find your identity, find your joy mm-hmm. in your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. And try not to get lost in the weeds on this stuff and knowing that the day to day is what, what is it you always say as a mom, you say the days are long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy to get kind of caught up in the long days and forget that like what God is doing over, over a year or doing so over good. months. So, so good. Hopefully that, hopefully that was helpful. Mm. Um, couple's challenge, just as a reminder, if you're listening to this, uh, list out your daily, weekly responsibilities. Then instead of divvying those out, ask each other how, and again, ask each other this, mm. how can I serve you in this area? And then just see where the conversation goes. So good. All right. So good. All right. Quick reminder. Um, we, uh, before we close out in prayer, um, do you have something you want to say? I just want to read 2 Corinthians 3.5. Okay, it just says, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Oh, that's a good verse so, to close out yeah, on. Yeah, we can just end that. Let's pray, actually. I want to pray after that. Okay, It's <laughs> a ahead. good verse. God, I thank you um, for, for for serving us, mm. Jesus, for giving of yourself, for washing your disciples' feet, and then calling us into that same life, not just so we could live... Um, 
lives of service, really that that's that's a byproduct of just loving you. And mm. we get so much joy out of loving you and letting that uh, translate into how we love and serve each other. So thank you for teaching us, for yeah. leading us, our teacher and our savior. God, we love you. I pray for the husband and the wife who are struggling right now that you would um, that you would give them all the hope and joy and, and peace they need, whatever season they're mm-hmm. in. God, I pray that you'd make them thirsty for your word. You'd make them hungry for your word. You'd make them hungry for a Christian community. And I pray that you would satisfy their hunger, satisfy their thirst, and keep them coming back for more, Lord. I pray for stronger marriages, stronger families across the country, across the world, for our good, but ultimately for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, quick quick reminder, fierce parenting, you guys. (laughs) Fierce parenting. I'm saying it now because we're recording on a Wednesday. This will drop in six days. So by the time you're listening to this, you can go to fierceparenting.com. There's a form there. We need your input. We need to know what kind of content serves you best, whether that's podcasts, blogs, uh, social media posts, Instagram, Facebook, or what types of content books. But also the second question is what topics are you wanting us to to address? And again, we don't know everything, but we're going to share what we do know openly and transparently. Same attitude, just different, different subject matter. Again, go to fierceparenting.com. Find our handle, Fierce Parenting, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we will be posting daily, many times daily, right. um, on those places. So that's the reminder. Fierceparenting.com. That's going to be really hard. <laughs> it's going to be really hard. <laughs> Selena's wheels are All spinning. All right. <laughs> We're just going to leave it there. So, All right. This episode is? In the can. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us once again. We'll see you for... in six days. <laughs> I want you to say the stay fierce part. I was trying to change okay, it. go ahead. <laughs> okay, I, I'm like, I'm off the road. Thank you now. for listening to the Fierce Marriage <laughs> Podcast. We will see you in about seven days. So and until then, stay fierce. Yes. <laughs>